Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to another episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. And I'm Chris Clements. It is March 3rd, and this morning, uh, Governor Ducey has made it officially official that he's not running for the U.S. Senate. Wow. Something that... I think we all knew for quite a while, but for whatever reason, people didn't think no meant no. Well, I think there are a lot of, uh, from what I've heard from different folks, is that there's a lot of people on the sidelines, especially very large, different donors, who were hoping against hope. I know uh, for a fact that Governor Ducey had been approached by all sorts of folks from all over the fruited plain to run for, for the Senate. Most significantly, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, I think uh, Senator Kyle had been part of that discussion, along with some other Carl Rove, mm-hmm. I know, had been part of that discussion. Um, however, I'd like to think that uh, the governor looked at the, the landscape and what it would take to, to do such a thing and uh, maybe decided against it. Well, and I, I actually think it was I think he not decided even a, a while ago. This is, this is, he never yeah. went into this to be a career politician. Yeah. Uh, and I think what he said in his letter about his instinct about being an executive was exactly where his head was before he ran for office, which is why he ran for state treasurer and then governor. Yeah. And being in a legislative body is just not interesting for him. Yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah. The only benefit I could see him running for Senate and winning is if he had every intention of running for president and wondered that as part of you know, um, the resume, so to speak. Yeah. Because I, I, you get I exposed think, to a lot of yeah, I don't foreign policy Yeah, I don't think going stuff. to the Senate does that much to help with. Okay. Um, I mean, Barack Obama is the only person in decades that went from the Senate to president. I mean, since JFK. Yeah, and he was the least qualified senator <laughs> and least qualified <laughs> president. president. Um, every every other decades. former senator who's become a president has been a vice president. Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson and and uh, Biden. Yeah, uh, all the rest have been governors. So, yeah, so maybe there's an opportunity there. Yeah, I, again, I, I I mean, know. will he run for president? I don't think so because I think that again he did not get into politics as a career. He got into politics to make a difference, and I think he's done a great job. I think the last eight years in Arizona have been great. And he has had a great impact on the state. He's had a great impact. He will have a great impact on a bunch of other states as is in his role as RGA chair this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, and he has loved that from the beginning. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I know that personally. That, that's well, been he, one of his great passions, the RGA. And he's done great work with Yeah, with and, and, you know, a lot of speculation, you know, spun back up that he was thinking about running for Senate when he gave this pretty powerful State of the Union or State of the State address and then put out a video talking about the great things. That he, and people are like, That's, he's, he's running for And I was like, no, he's demonstrating leadership by showing other governors, hey, this, this is how you do it. He, yeah. he, he, he leads by example. Yeah. That's been his mantra, I think. So anyway. And with all the other the red state governors trying to uh, be in the spotlight, what's been, I think, really humbling is that he has not 
he hasn't tried to be in the spotlight. No, I mean he's with all the different COVID policies. Yeah, and, and he's he's put his he, head down and done the right thing. Yeah, so had had a couple stumbles early on, but but then pivoted and and our state has benefited. Oh yeah, I mean tremendously. Clearly, our state's in way better shape than the vast majority of other states as a result Just, of. Take California. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to talk about the vast majority of states. It just we can just one. look west. Just look west and <laughs> thank God. Um, and there it comes. All right, State of the Union was earlier this week, and uh, I get the sense that while you know, because State of the Union addresses take a long time to work on, they take a long time to do. I feel like they did a little, you know, because of the situation in Ukraine. And the atrocities of Putin, it changed the speech. And I think Biden did a pretty good job at the beginning of the speech, talking about what was going on with Ukraine and what the United States and other NATO allies had done and were doing. Uh, but then it just quickly slipped right back into putting, standard. Putting lipstick on a pick. Yeah. And that's, that's the first thing I thought of when I was listening. There were this a couple, is just the same. Stuff. It's the same old, same old. Now, there were a couple moments that I thought were good highlights. And one was talking about we, don't, we shouldn't defund the police. We should fund the police. Fund them, fund them. Okay. Hey, that's a direct shot right at the hard progressive. Yeah, but is, is he really serious about that? I think so. I think he is. I think now, will that... What, what about the woman who was standing over his right shoulder? She who was, had a fund to bail out BLM protesters. She, it, it was fascinating to watch how and we're often, talking about the vice president. How often Kamala watched Pelosi. Pelosi took the lead on every standing ovation. Yeah, but Pelosi was like doing weird things behind really, the camera yeah. with her face and with her hands. There's been all sorts of analysis about that. Who knows? Nobody knows what it is. What was striking to me was how. I mean, it's if you go back to most state of the states of the union, <coughs> and especially when you have the party of control, when you're, it's your vice president and the speaker is someone that is in your party, uh, it's usually they're very stoic. All the attention is on the president, and yet there's a lot of the both Kamala and. Speaker Pelosi, the vice president, Speaker Pelosi, were creating a lot of distractions Yeah, by their facial expressions. And the greatest moment of the speech was when Chuck Schumer jumped up to clap and realized, nobody's here with me. Sit down. And sit sat down. down. <laughs> well, there's an also telling moment in the speech, and it hasn't been given a lot of press, and, and that was where Joe Manchin sat. He sat on the Republican side? He sat on the Republican side. Yeah. And if you're... Most of all, probably he didn't want to, you know, have the glares of Sandy Cortez behind him like, like you know, ones previous. She was she got to the speech so late that she had to sit up in the oh, balcony. Oh, she had to sit up in the balcony yep. so she couldn't glare. Because at they they did social distancing even yeah. though there was no masks, um, and so they didn't have generally they didn't have people sitting right next to each other. Yeah, Senator Barrasso from Wyoming was like hanging out on the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was they weren't piled in there like sardines. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but one thing about the Ukraine, you know, part of the speech that that is 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 a concern to me is that there wasn't really any forward looking part of that speech. It was this is what we did. Here's 
what is going to happen to Putin, but nothing in terms of here's what we're going to, what we're going to do now and make sure that so we're, are we going to increase our military spending to I guess it's three percent of GDP right now to up to four four and a half percent of GDP, uh, which we should do. What are we going to do to shore up NATO? What right. are, are what are NATO allies going to do? And we talked about this in another podcast. I think the biggest news of the week was Germany. Absolutely. They have they have gotten off their asses. And All of a sudden, the engaged. Germans are going to act like yeah. Germans again and and defend the continent. Yeah, and uh, and hopefully that holds. Yeah, and they're so. gonna, they, they've made a stated goal um, that they're going to spend two percent of their GDP, if not more, two and a half percent, I think. And and they're gonna they're gonna send arms and all sorts of all sorts of aid to Ukraine. So yeah, that's a good and thing. On, on the Ukraine issue, I think that. Um, the thing that I, I, I agree, I, I, he, didn't, he didn't point out what was next, and he also didn't really go into, hey, this is going to cost us in the sense of energy prices because of his own policy. And, and he didn't want to admit that his policies like killing Keystone Pipeline and taking us off of where President Trump was when we were energy independent. You know, we, we now import 600000 barrels of oil a day from Russia. from Russia. Yeah, that's that is and causing this, the most outrage, You know, the, every time so. a president says, "Oh, I'm tapping the strategic reserve, 30, 30 million barrels, 60, we, I think." And that's a drop in the bucket. Well, it's we 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 consume 18 million barrels a day yeah. in the United States. So that's uh, 4 days. Yeah. That doesn't go very far. Not yeah. even 4 days, three and a half days. Um so we're going to get, you know, we're going to, there's going to be increasing inflation, gas prices, et cetera. And the other problem with the speech was that every, everything he, you know, he talked about growing inflation and everything he talked about as part as, as a so-called solution inflation was just more inflationary. Spend, 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 spend. Yeah. So I don't think it. Well, I heard it, yesterday it, from somebody who look, looks at this very, very closely that he expects, uh, Gas to go to two hundred dollars a barrel. Whew. Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, if not higher. That's and if if the Chinese, well, his point was if the Chinese invade Taiwan, on top of that, which three, they will, three four hundred dollars a barrel. Yeah. No, I, 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 everything gets. I gets feel like that's not even in a question anymore. I think that's just a matter of when, and that's that's. That's Awful. a bigger that, that that affects America directly. Well, especially because if if we tried to impose on China the sanctions that we've imposed on Russia, it would have a huge economic impact on us because Absolutely. of how much dependence we have on on Chinese manufacturing. Yeah. Um, and there the, and the challenge is there is no easy solution because you know his in his speech about everything being made in America. That's going to be inflationary. That's, People that's need to understand if, if we if we do this, we're going to pay more, and it's going to hurt. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing that he just doesn't understand how markets work. Well, <laughs> and 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 so you have commodity. He's been markets. in Washington for fifty years. Yeah, I, you have commodity markets that 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 work very efficiently, and the reason why gas is where it is is because markets the, work. Markets work. We have an, we have an open market. And and if the same thing goes for steel, which what part of what he was proposing by American steel to 
help build our roads and everything else, that's going to be expensive. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the number one policy that he could put in place that would have, if not immediate impact, definitely, you know, quick impact would be a above everything, you know, all of the above strategy, start drilling, you know, all of the, the energy well, production. Well, I mean, we invest in innovation, take the shackles off in terms of regulation of the oil and gas. Right now, oil and gas companies aren't, aren't investing. No. And that's part of the reason. They're, they're producing about as much as they did before the pandemic, but there's no new investment, no new refining capacity coming right. on board. That's, it, nothing is being done to address the supply side, which we are supply side economic yep. people. And they're just trying to you know, influence demand. And that's why prices are out of control. Well, right, because if you're- It if is you a say, supply issue. Like in so, California, if by 2035, I think it is, you cannot sell- a non-electric car in the state of California, you're you're all about demand, yeah. and you're it's an you're trying it's to a influence artificial demand. artificial and inflator. Yeah, whenever you try to influence demand and pick winners and losers on the demand side, prices go up. Yeah, we we saw that in the '70s, and we're seeing that even with the proposal of of wage and price controls on 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 drugs. Same thing. Yeah. I, so I don't think the speech did what it needed to, to 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 help the president or the Democrats in general. I mean, he might get a little bit of a bounce. Um, who knows? His 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 ratings are are the lowest they've ever been. He's, well, he's under he's forty. Gonna, I think he's going to go below thirty. Do you and really? Then, and then things, especially with independence. Yes, well, he's already close to thirty. Yeah, below with independence. independence um, I mean, he's under under that. Uh, but but if he continues to slide below sixty with with his own party, uh, they're in deep trouble. And he didn't really give them enough meat to chew on to go back to their districts to run on. I mean, he made he made mention of you know not defunding the police. He made mention passing mention of fixing the border. But his idea of fixing the border is granting amnesty to pretty much everybody. Yeah. Rather than border enforcement, which he had, he, he made passing glances to new technology, not, you know, not apprehending people well, and, and, and sending them back to their countries. And as typical Democrats, they think that they need to pass big things in order to show the American people. I don't think that's, I mean, they just. I don't think much of anything gets passed this year. Well, they, I know. I think I, I think they just in, in the divided Senate. I, th I think the budget is just going to be a big CR. It's gonna it's gonna come back for a vote after the election. I think mm -hmm. you're totally right on that. And uh, it might even be a two year CR, so they don't have to deal with it again. Well, you I don't know. No, I don't think. I think the Republicans want this thing. What they may push it. Well, it'll be interesting. They'll probably push it. They'll push it till after the election. It, they, I don't think they'll push it to the next session of Congress um, because yeah, that might the be Democrats, wishful thinking. The Democrats will want to have at least some impact before they lose the actually take lose their majority. I mean, they'll lose the majority in the in the election, but they won't. That transition doesn't happen until the first week of January. So it'll be somewhere between November eighth or ninth, whenever the election is, and January, you know, whatever. Let's say December thirty one. Um, so they still have some, some say because, yeah. 
At this point, there's no question they're going to lose the house, in my mind. None. Just by how much? It's just a number of, yeah, just a matter of how much. And I'm feeling more bullish about them losing the Senate and Republicans recapturing the Senate. So, well, that's that. It's that's good for you at. to be bullish, I guess. Yeah, until I'm wrong. Yeah, well, well, I've been bullish before and wrong. But 2012, and, <laughs> and he gives a he gives the opposition a lot of meat, for lack of a better phrase, a lot of meat to chew on as well. One of which being his his assault on assault weapons the other night. And and I don't know if he's watching what's happening. In Dear Ukraine. don't wear Kevlar fests. Yeah, that was Chris. one of the dumbest. When he goes off script, statements. it usually does not go well. Yeah, ever. Um, and it it every time he talks about gun control, every time any Democrat talks about gun control, all it does is ammunition gets scarcer, scarcer. More people go out and buy guns. I would imagine, I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but the sale of assault rifles right now, the sale of every type of gun you can imagine, if people are watching what's happening in Ukraine, is skyrocketing. Yeah. Breaking new records. And, and you couldn't get much better than the last couple of years. Right. And I bet it's breaking new records. And yeah. his speech the other night? Not going to help. You know, the NRA just sits back and goes, thank you very much. Does the NRA even exist anymore? Oh, yeah. They're moving to Texas. I mean, I, yeah, well, well, I mean, you can, you can go down the list, you know, national shooting foundation, gun owners of America. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch all, of all, all the different <clears throat> advocacy, well, uh, second amendment rights, advocacy groups, just send out mailers and raise more money and people go out and buy more guns. Well, and it's, and it's really not even, I mean, organizationally, it's very, I mean, the NRA's had its, its issues and maybe they'll get through all that. But the fact is there's, Tens of millions of gun owners in America, and there are more now than there have ever been. Because more minor, the, even more minority gun owners yeah. than there ever been, and we can thank the summer of twenty twenty for that, right? And the Democratic leadership in Los Angeles and Seattle and Minnesota and New York, Chicago, Chicago. Yep. Yep. Well. I would say so, the state of our union is a little bit of a mess. It's and a big mess. It's going to take gonna some, get worse. It's probably going to get worse, and it's going to make for a fascinating few months as we lead up to the election, which we will obviously be covering on basically a weekly basis. Yeah. We might not cover it every week, but <clears throat> I'm guessing. Well, we're and we're hoping to have some more. some of the uh, folks running for for different We've offices here. We'll have We've some. Had some. We're going to have a lot more. So. Yeah. That that should be very interesting. It will get be their very take on on why they're running and what they're wanting to do for the great state of Arizona for the country. That's right. All so. right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. God bless. Have a great day.